Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'd like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And in today's show, we're going to talk about the Tokyo Olympics not allowing a Black Lives Matter apparel and if African-American athletes should boycott the Olympics. I'm going to talk about who's more important to their team as far as winning a championship, James Harden or Anthony Davis. I'm going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and what I'm not I'm not saying he'll go to these paces, but what is the most fun place that I would love to see Aaron Rodgers play in? I'm going to talk about Floyd Mayweather uh, and his fight between Logan Paul. Is it good for boxing? Is it not good for boxing? And I'm also going to talk about Albert Pujols and his legacy that he leaves for the MLB. Uh, before we start, please, if you don't mind, uh, subscribing to the YouTube channel or subscribing to whoever you're listening. It will definitely mean a lot. I'm trying to get to 100 subscribers by the end of uh, by July, which is my birthday. So just go, just come to the YouTube if you're not here. Subscribe it would mean a lot. But let's start the show. Right here is not a preview of what the album gonna bring you, or nothing like that. Share things I think quietly with those that admire. So the Tokyo Olympics comes out and say they they pretty much said that they're not allowing Black Lives Matter uh, apparel, and of course this is this has uh, spiraled into uh, should African Americans or should people of color boycott the Tokyo Olympics. First and foremost, we have to realize that, um, of course, Tokyo is not America. They they don't view Black Lives Matter the same way that we do. Um, and I, now, 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 they did also they did also come out and say that, of course, they can't tell you what to say and what not to say. Um, you know it. It, it just, you know, they you can say Black Lives Matter, and of course you can, whenever the press conference comes, you can do that, but they, they're banning the, you know, you can't wear it on your shirt, you can't put it on whatever you're wearing. Um, and I'll say this, especially in today's climate, today's world, in sports, your your voice and your actions is your biggest asset, is your biggest um, is the thing that's going to take you further than ever. Of course, you have to be athletic. You have to be good at whatever sports you play. But especially in today's game, your voice and your actions are the most important things that you have. Meaning that, oh, shoot. Meaning that if you don't, um, if you don't exercise your right to use your voice or use your actions, then you could lose it. What am I saying? A lot of people are saying that, you know, black black people should boycott the Tokyo Olympics. And I'm not here to say you should. I'm not here to say you shouldn't. But I'm here to say this. If you feel like you'll get your image, you'll get your you'll get your point across more 
if you boycott something or if you don't attend something, don't do something, then that's cool. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying do it. What I'm saying is if I was an athlete, let's say this, if I was an athlete, and of course, we know that Olympians, they train year round. We say train for four years uh, for this moment. You know what I mean? And of course, you have the, the Winter Olympics, you have the Summer Olympics. It is what it is. And a lot of people were saying that, you know, they don't ref they don't like Black Lives Matter, but they like Stop Asian Hate. Well, of course, they're 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 in Tokyo. They're Asian. <laughs> I just think, look, man, I think if you want if you want to boycott, go right ahead and do that. You know what I mean? Seeing as though it's kind of you're not able to wear, you know, you're not able to to demonstrate as far as with your clothes, your stance on Black Lives Matter. But you can still talk. And that's what they were saying. You can still talk. You can still blasted to the to the to the mountaintops every interview that you get so you can still do it it'd be different if they said you couldn't you couldn't say anything they're just saying you can't wear it um but again and and that's for some people that's just all right well i can still say it i can still talk we good for others it's just like hold on now no like no like if I can't wear what I want to wear, if I can't say what I want to say, if I can't express myself, then I'm not doing it. And I completely understand that. Um, it's, you know, it's 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 a slippery slope. I, I If I was an athlete, I wouldn't boycott because I can speak. I can use my voice. I can use my platforms, whether social media, uh, whatever camp I have. I can use those platforms to continue to push how I feel, continue to push what I feel, continue to push uh you know the 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 organizations that I'm a part of um but then again like I said it, it if you do I do understand boycotting if you because like I said this is this is a form of I guess suppression in a sort of way because we know that everybody in their mama is going to be watching the Olympics I mean people that don't this the people that don't care much about sports will watch the Olympics when it comes on especially seeing how it was supposed to be last year in 2020 and it got pushed due to the due to the pandemic so everyone's going to be watching the Olympics it's, it's a big thing so of course if you have a it, for some people that feel that it's it's suppression then yeah do what you got to do boycott it and, and people's like well people been trained their whole lives you know I, I understand that but again we're in a time where this we're in a time where we're starting to see and it's always been like this honestly but it's, it's because of social media because of the media coverage because of you know protests and everything social activism and and social problems are getting pushed to the forefront over certain things over sports which of course as we know it's, it's always been more important than sports but now the sports where like i said you're seeing demonstrations you're seeing players you know sit out whole seasons to 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 fight social justice so you know you i can't tell anybody how to uh how to go about doing things i can't tell anybody how to support or 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 go about their their uh go about what they believe in and go about their their protests or anything so if it was me again i wouldn't i would not um i wouldn't 
boycott it because you can I can speak. I can use my social platforms. I can use my social medias to to still spread the word. I just can't wear the Black Lives Matter shirt. Um, but then again, also, if I can't wear a Black Lives Matter shirt, you have you better be sure that I'm not going to wear my country stuff because it's like, how are you going to allow me to wear my country's flag or country's uh, initials? But I can't wear a Black Lives Matter, and I'm almost sure. I promise you, we will see a stop Asian hate. Uh, somebody wearing it, and it's cool. But when Black Lives Matters come, it's a problem. So if I can't wear my Black Lives Matter shirt or Black Lives Matters hoodie or whatever, don't expect me to wear my USA shirt. I'll wear a black shirt. I'll I'll wear the flag like uh, Jordan did, or put it over the shoulder. But no, I'm not wearing. If you don't don't say I can't wear Black Lives Matters, but then say you gotta wear the USA flag or USA shirt. That's that's not what's going on. That's not how we rolling. So, um, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, that's that's how I would address it. You know what I mean? But I understand it. It does suck it because what what I've, I understand what Tokyo's doing. I understand what the Olympics is do what the Olympics are doing. What their what their fear is, they don't want the Olympics to turn into a political showcase or turn into an activist showcase about you know Black Lives Matter. I understand that, but I'm not for that. Let me say that I am not for them suppressing the Black Lives Matters movement, um, or any you know or, or or any movement because of you know they don't want I guess a bad reputation or whatever. So. It's, it's, it's definitely a slippery slope, but because they said you can't wear it, but you can still speak it, you can still use your socials because they can't really monitor that or, or control that, I wouldn't boycott. But I understand completely the people that will and are going to boycott the Olympics because they can't use, I guess, this form of demonstration, this form of uh, freedom of speech, I guess. So I understand that. Um, but But also, again, like I said, don't expect don't don't tell me I can't wear something, but then expect me to wear something else. That's that's just not going to happen. Like, no, you don't don't tell me, OK, well, you can't wear your Black Lives Matter, but we're going to need you to wear your Team USA. Like that's that's not going down. I wear a navy blue shirt uh, or a white shirt before I, I do that. Like, nah, that's that's not the games we playing today. But let's move forward. Hey, man, I'm not sponsored at all by Starbucks. So this isn't a sponsor, but strawberry acai, Lord Jesus, Mm -hmm. let's move forward. Oh, oh, and if you want to sponsor me, Starbucks, holla at your boy. I'm I'm not hard to reach. I've had the same number since middle school. I'm not hard to reach, so let's move forward. As we're starting to see in the NBA, um, of course, we're, we're barreling down to the playoffs. Uh, the, the seating, especially in the East, they're, they're kind of shaping way. You got Philly at one, uh, Brooklyn at two, uh, Golden, uh, not Golden State, uh, Giannis and, and the Milwaukee Bucks at three. And then the, the West, of course, you got Utah. They're kind of jousting for position as far as who's going to be number one. Right now, Philly, no, Phoenix is number one, but Utah and Phoenix going back and forth. You got the Lakers, they're 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 on the bottom. I think they're like sixth or something. And 
the question is being the being had who's more important to their team uh and when i say who's more important to the team i said who who will be more important to their team as far as getting to the championship and winning it all james harden or or anthony davis to answer this question you have to understand the makeup of both brooklyn and the lakers brooklyn of course as we know they compiled this team via over the summer and uh you know james harden forcing a trade out of houston you have KD, Kyrie, James Harden, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris. Like you, you have a lot of 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 quality players. The problem, however, and as we're seeing now, that Brooklyn is currently on a four game losing streak, and they I think they lost to Milwaukee twice. They lost to Dallas, and I don't remember who the other team was, but they're losing in a way that we expect them to lose. And if they're going to lose in this way, this is how they're going to lose. They're not playing defense. They're not. They're they're getting destroyed on the on the on the glass. And they're 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 going through lulls. They're going through. You know, sometimes they play hard. Sometimes they don't. And of course, in these games, James Harden has been out with a complication with a hamstring. Uh, he came out and said that he he expects fully expects to be back before the playoffs, and uh, yeah. But as we're seeing, James Harden off the floor and on the floor, Brooklyn looks completely different. Different even with James. I mean, uh, even with KD, even with Kyrie, James Harden is integral to that team. Integral because it it kind of and and this is this is what we talk about fit it kind of changes the entire fit and the entire rotation of the team they were at their most successful when of course i know they all three it's the the biggest thing is they've only played three games together i mean i mean seven games together i know but you know james harden allows Kyrie to play the two james harden's the the one kd he doesn't have to you know uh carry the load offensively that much and and so James Harden is very integral to the success of Brooklyn. I don't believe Brooklyn has a chance of winning a championship without James Harden. I'm not saying James Harden is the best player on the team. I will still give that to KD, but they will not win a championship with James Harden. And they kind of built their team around that. They built their team around the big three or their big three, which is KD, James Harden, and Kyrie. And you can because they lack in so so many other areas you need those three to to be successful and that's kind of that's actually the exact same thing for Anthony Davis and the Lakers Anthony Davis the big man uh, one of the big men for the Lakers and the difference between the Lakers and Brooklyn is of course you have LeBron James and you know LeBron James when healthy is still the best player in the world and the, the 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 thing with the Lakers, like I said, is they're built they're built solely around James. I mean Anthony Davis and LeBron James. You have Andre Drummond there, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Montrez Harold. You know one of the Morris brothers. You you they built their team solely around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Now let me get this straight. I mean let me let me make this very clear. No, Anthony Davis is not the best player 
on the Lakers. I'm not saying that. That's still LeBron James, hands down. What I am saying is this, though. When you build your team around a player or two players, it's imperative that those two players are there. As we're seeing, the Lakers are struggling with both LeBron James and Anthony Davis out. And the Brooklyn Nets are struggling with James Harden out. And here's what I'll say. I'm not saying that Anthony Davis is better than James Harden. I'm not saying that James Harden is better than Anthony Davis. What I'm saying is this. The reason why I'm going to say that Anthony Davis is more important to Brooklyn, I mean more important to more important to the Lakers than than James Harden is to Brooklyn is because how the teams are built. And I, and what there's what, what I'll say it like this. The Lakers did not the Lakers are not constructed not to have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And we've seen that even with LeBron James completely healthy, even though you get Andre Drummond, there's a lot of things that Andre Drummond does not do that Anthony Davis does and that the Lakers need. Anthony Davis and LeBron James occupy two different places of the floor. LeBron James is more the floor general. He can operate mid-range. He can operate threes. He can get to the rim. He can pretty much do it all. Anthony Davis is a better defender, better shot blocker. While he, you know, he has guard guard moves to a certain extent, he can he can he can shoot, you know, he's he's more defensive. He he's a better defensive player than LeBron. He's a better uh, I'm gonna say shooter than LeBron as far as in the mid range and 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 better score around the paint because he's so tall. And like I said, the team is built around him. And and here's what I'll say about James Harden in the Brooklyn Nets. With James Harden there, and this is why I'll say Anthony Davis is more important to the Lakers than James Harden is to Brooklyn as far as winning championship. With James Harden there, he gives them yet another offensive fire, offensive, offensive juggernaut. Of course, of course. Hell, the other night, even in, even though they lost, you still had you had um, Kyrie score forty five. KD can get you a 40 any game, but they give you another offensive juggernaut in James Harden. The problem is their problems aren't fixed. They still won't be able to play defense. They still will get destroyed on the in at the um, you know in rebounds. They still really can't protect the rim. They're still a fairly small team. So you see people like Giannis uh get 49 one game and then 36 next you see people like jane uh was joel Embiid just destroy them on the paint so even with james harden there brooklyn's problems are not covered up now of course you can score as much as you know you can continue to score and score more than people which they have been doing but you know, when you get to the nitty gritty, when you get to the playoffs, you're going to need defense. You're going to need rebounding. You're going to need rim protection. And even with James Harden there, Brooklyn does not have that. In terms of the Lakers and Anthony Davis, what the Lakers struggle with is defense and rebounding, especially with especially with Anthony Davis out. You still have, uh, you know, when LeBron James is healthy, you still have LeBron. You still have KCP for scoring. You still have Wesley Matthews for scoring, Alex Caruso, uh, THT. You still have Kyle Kuzma. You can still the, – the the scoring problem is not there. I mean, this yeah, there's, there's not really a scoring problem. 
and even though the Lakers do go through scoring droughts, the scoring problem is not there because, like I said, Anthony Davis doesn't really – that's not his strongest suit. His strongest suit is defense and protecting the paint. And with him being there, that sures up th- that position. Now, Manchester Harrell doesn't have to play as much minutes. Now, Kyle Kuzma doesn't have to play as much minutes. Now, LeBron James doesn't have to have – more of a low, because as we saw in the playoffs last year in the bubble, Anthony Davis was integral. And I, you know, of course, if it wasn't for a few games and a couple triple doubles from LeBron, you could have made the argument that Anthony Davis was more important to that to that championship team than LeBron James. Hell, Anthony Davis pretty much neutralized and took out Bam Adebayo, who was having an incredible run in the in the bubble. So while they're both good, they're both incredible players. I think that Anthony Davis is more important to the, to the success of the Lakers than James Harden is to the Brooklyn Nets because with Anthony Davis coming back and and hopefully healthy because he just got hurt again, um, with Anthony Davis, he he with him back it addresses the Lakers' biggest problems and he's able to cover up and and pretty much fix the Lakers' biggest problem with James Harden. He doesn't fix. Of course, he gives them another score, and he gives them a uh, gives the <laughs> gives opponents another headache. He doesn't address Brooklyn's biggest problem, which is they can't stop anybody and they can't really rebound. So, while they're both important, I'm going to say Anthony Davis is more important to the Lakers winning a championship than James Harden is for Brooklyn winning a championship. I understand and I know that Brooklyn can score with the best of them. They or score better than the best of them. Uh with them on the floor, they have arguably one of the best offenses we've ever seen as far as with KD, James Harden and Kyrie. And they can put up 150 easily. It's just what happens and we've seen what happens when the shots aren't falling. What happens when, you know, uh, they can't just outscore you or the other team's on fire? Like, what happens then? And, you know, they're going to have to lean on their defensive prowess, which they don't really have. So that's why I would say, well, and again, I'm not saying that Anthony Davis is better than James Harden. I'm not saying James Harden is better than Anthony Davis. That's something that we can debate on another episode. What I'm just saying is Anthony Davis – let me say this. I don't think that Brooklyn can win a championship without James Harden. I don't think that even with LeBron, I don't think that the Lakers can win a championship without Anthony Davis. But I think that the path will be much, much easier for the Lakers with Anthony Davis than it would be for Brooklyn in with, with James Harden. So there's that. Uh, let's move forward. Let's move forward. Um, so we talked about oh, we talked about, of course, the whole bombshell that that Aaron Rodgers dropped on on us on draft day, pretty much saying he doesn't want to report back or he doesn't really want to go back to uh, he doesn't want to go back to the Golden Green Bay Packers. He doesn't like how the organization has been run, and he, understandably so, he's upset. So. I wanted to do a thing. I wanted to give my five best uh, or my five top destinations where I think Jane, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Where, let me say this. I'm going to give my five most fun destinations that I, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying that he will go to these places. I'm not saying that 
they can. I'm 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 just saying the most fun. There's a theoretical in Jalen's world. Here is where these are some of the most fun places I would love to see Aaron Rodgers. Let's start with number five. I think it would be incredibly fun to see Aaron Rodgers play for the Chicago Bears. First and foremost, it would be a direct rival, you know, NFC North. It would be a direct rival to Green Bay. And they have a good offensive line. They have an incredible defense. They have pieces and weapons. And that's one thing that Aaron Rodgers has always complained that he doesn't have is multiple weapons. Now, of course, you're not going to get a player or a wide receiver as good as Devontae Adams, but you have Robinson, um, you have Cohen, you, you have Montgomery, like you have great players. And I think it will be fun, man. It'll be fun, Matt Nagy. It'll be really fun. Not to mention you still have James or uh, Justin Fields and so you can, you can m- mature him up. And I would love to see, that, that, I guess that's the pettiness in me. I would love to see, you know, I know it's not going to happen because Green Bay will never trade with someone in their division. Well, yeah. And the last thing they want to have to deal with is Aaron Rodgers twice a year. But I would I would love to, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers paired with Allen Robinson and and those those explosive wide receivers and with the defense that they have. So, that's probably number 5. Number four, man, oh, man, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Now, a lot of people say, but what about the Saints? You know, you have Alvin Kamara, you have Michael Thomas. Yeah, you do. But the Saints have, and and, and like I said, the the biggest problem that Aaron Rodgers has had with Green Bay is they haven't given him an, an ample weapons at the wide receiver position. At the at the line at the line position, and of course the Aaron, the Jordan Love thing. And one thing that we've also seen is Aaron Rodgers, especially in Green Bay, hasn't really had that rival. We haven't been able to see him play. You know, uh, we haven't been able to see him play Drew Brees that much. We haven't been able to see him play Tom Brady that much. You put him in the same. You put him in the NFC South, the same division as Tom Brady. Well, those would be some incredible matchups, not to mention you have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. A lot of people think Calvin Ridley is the most is the second is the probably the best number two receiver. And of course, we know how good Julio is when he's when he's healthy. While, while yes, that defense is God awful. Uh, and and of course, you need to address that. But. Man, having Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley catch passes from Aaron Rodgers to me would be incredible. And uh, that's something I would look forward to seeing, man. That would, man, man, oh, man. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. That's why I have Atlanta at number four. I have Atlanta at number four. Number three, I have Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh kind of reminds me a lot of Green Bay. Uh, You know, the AFC North. They're kind of like the 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 godfathers of of that division. Of course, we know the rich history that that the Steelers have. Not to mention, Big Ben is pretty much out the door. And you bring you bring on uh, Aaron Rodgers. You have Claypool. You have Juju. You have Williams. That man. And now you have Najee Harris. Yeah, man. I would love to. See. Now, of course, they need to get that offensive line right. And but oh, and of course the defense like. I would love to, man, not to mention, you put him in the division with Lamar Jackson, 
Baker Mayfield and Cincinnati, and you put him in the AFC AFC where he would have to play. Um, he would have to play a Josh Allen. He'll have to play a Cam Newton with the Patriots. He'll have to play a uh, a Kansas City Chiefs at times or more than he's done. So, man, I, I would and not to mention I think that with with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Aaron Rodgers, they now again I understand they have to address their uh, have to address their their um, offensive line, but which they kind of did in the draft, even though I think they could have done a little better. But Aaron Rodgers with those weapons and the history of Pittsburgh, not to mention you're going from a cold state and in, 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 or you're going from cold in Green Bay to cold in Pittsburgh, so you're pretty much fit wide in. Yeah, man, I, that would be incredible. Number two, of course, the biggest brand in football, that's Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Aaron Rodgers in Dallas would be something crazy, not to mention he'll be playing in a dome. He'll be playing in arguably the not arguably. <laughs> he'll be playing in the worst division in football, which is the NFC East. Uh, he'll have weapons like Amari Cooper, uh, Gallup, um, C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott. Of course, they they will see what happens with Minka Parsons and and if they can help that defense and and that offensive line. Man, look. We already know that Dallas is the most, you know, the biggest draw in football, one of the biggest draws in sports in general. And having Aaron Rodgers there, man, oh, man. Not to mention having an NFC, you don't, I mean, he's going to automatically dominate the NFC East. I mean, I don't see Washington, Giants, or Philly even standing a chance with Dallas. Then, and, and a lot of people were saying that the reason why Dallas had we never really put them unless you're a Dallas fan we never really put them in championship contention is because of their quarterback position. You put Aaron Rodgers who just won an MVP last year, yeah man that yeah that that would be crazy. And number one, and this kind of goes back to when I said about Atlanta. A lot of people still say that Green that Aaron Rodgers is at least top two, top three quarterbacks in the league. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of not arguable. And if you ask Aaron Rodgers and ask people in Green Bay, a lot of people say he's probably number one. And it goes back to what I said. We haven't really seen a rival for Aaron Rodgers. Of course, we've seen good quarterbacks. We've seen, you know, there have been times when he'll play a Drew Brees. There'll be times when he'll play a Tom Brady. There'll be times when he'll play a Peyton back in the day. But we've never really seen a rival of Garen Rodgers, someone that he'll, he has to play two times a year. Cause if you, I mean, if you look at the, the NFC North, never really had to worry about Chicago, Kurt cousins. You don't really have to worry about. And Matthew Stafford and the lions ain't really been it. I, I would say the number one, most intriguing and most fun team that I would like to see Aaron Rodgers is the Raiders. And I say the Raiders because you're pretty much ensuring that you have to go up against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And we've seen the Raiders get the Chiefs a couple a couple times a year. And, you know, having having Darren Waller, having uh, Josh Jacobs, having Kenyon Drake, that would be and, – and, of course – that would be box office. You just get the new stadium. They move to Vegas, and you ha- you you pretty much have to play uh, P- 
Patrick Mahomes at least twice a year. So that's something that I would love to see. So so like I said, my most the most fun places that I would love to see Aaron Rodgers is Chicago, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Dallas, and of course the Las Vegas uh Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I'm not saying that he will go to these places. Hell, I don't even know if he's leaving Green Bay, but these just would be fun places for me to, for, 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 I would love to see. I'll just say that. Moving forward. So, Floyd Mayweather, we talked about this briefly, but Floyd Mayweather will be fighting uh, Logan Paul uh, in like an exhibition. And there's a lot of people in the boxing boxing uh, world that's not really cool with this. They're not really happy about it. They pretty much are saying that it's a mockery to, to boxing. Uh, we saw Jake Paul fight that UFC. Well, in fact, we've seen Jake Paul, who is the brother of Logan Paul, fight Nate Robinson. That didn't go too well <laughs> for Nate. And we saw Jake Paul fight homeboy from the UFC, and that didn't go well either. And a lot of people are upset saying that this is pretty much a mockery of, of boxing. Uh, and I disagree. I'll say this: two things can be two things can be true, and two things can live can exist. You can have what we're seeing with the Logan Pauls and Jake Pauls and and these type of fights, and you can have real, you know, boxing. Like hell, Canelo was supposed to fight. I think if it's not this weekend, of course next weekend or something. Like th- what this does is to me, it draws attention to the sport. And for the longest, I think that the attention has been away from boxing. Nobody, you know, of course we have the Wilders, we have the Tyson Furies, the Anthony Joshuas. Um, of course, we had Canelo. But boxing has struggled with with catching the non-purist fans, has catching new fans, in my opinion. Of course, if you're a diehard boxing fan, you're always going to be a diehard boxing fan. You're always going to love boxing. That just is what it is. But what boxing has struggled with, and that's the same thing that baseball has struggled with, is drawing newer, younger audiences. And this is exactly what this does. You know, you're getting the the YouTube sensations. You're getting... Uh, people that love to follow Jake Paul, love to follow the trolling that he does. You're getting people that love to follow Logan Paul and the trolling that he does. And while, no, I don't think that this should be considered real boxing, I do think that it is drawing attention and bringing people that wouldn't care less about watching boxing at all unless you're like a purist. And these people clearly are not. So... I, I, I think, I mean, of course, I, I don't think Logan Paul has a chance against, uh, you know, Floyd Mayweather. But I do think that it is intriguing to watch. I do think that it's, it's good to see as far as you're bringing more people to the sport of boxing. Against boxing, boxing like uh, baseball has a problem with, with adjusting, adjusting with times. Of course, you know, you got top rank, you got uh, Showtime, you got the PF, you know, you got boxing leagues, but they have a tough time not holding to tradition. And as you're seeing, this to me is bring, like I said, is bringing more light to the sport. I'm not saying that this should be considered the greatest boxing ever, but I do think that it's important to have this because you're bringing on a new audience, something that boxing has struggled with for years now. 
Again, I'm not saying boxing sucks. I'm not saying boxing is dead. What I'm saying is you have that niche of fans and the, the niche of, of diehard purists, and you've struggled with getting the getting the younger crowd or getting new crowds. Now that the Floyd Mayweather's fight, there's a lot of people that's going to watch this fight that have no idea about Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, but know everything about Logan Paul. There's a lot of people that watch that fight uh, with Jake Paul and the UFC dude that knows absolutely nothing about the UFC dude, but they know everything about Jake Paul because of, you know, the, the, the I guess, stardom that they bring from YouTube and stuff. So while, no, I don't think that this, this should be considered, you know, the greatest boxing ever, I do think that it is important for boxing, and this is a time where boxing is adjusting. Uh, so now you're going to get people, wow, that was cool. Let me go see some more about boxing. Let me go see who this Canelo is. Let me go see who Tyson Fury is. Let me go see who Anthony Joshua. Let me go see who uh, uh, Lopez Filippo. Like, we're, let me go see about these people. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I do think that you're getting, you're, you're going to be getting a new audience. So I think at the end of the day, it's doing what it's supposed to do. And that's be a draw, you know, like drawing attention. So. And lastly, before we go, Albert Pujols um, was released by the Angels, I think the last year of his 10-year deal. And Albert Pujols, I don't know if he'll play again. He could, and I'm not saying that. I'm, this isn't me saying, you know, he's, he's going to retire. Yeah, that's, that's his decision, his decision alone. But... If this is the end, even you know, if this is the end for Albert Pujols, Albert Pujols will go down as arguably one of the greatest first basemen in league history, and that isn't a that's not a a comment that should be held lightly, because if you look at the first basemen's, you there's been some great great first basemen's. You had T, you had David Ortiz, you've had Frank Thomas, you've had. Uh, Hank Greenberg, you've had Willie McCovey, you've had uh, Miguel Cabrera, you've had people like um, uh, Lou Garage. Like first baseman is 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 a is a very important position. Not only is it of course the first base, but a lot of first basemen usually are are sluggers and hitters. And Albert Pujols not only. He's one of the people that made first base popular. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, we know about everyone wants to be a shortstop or everyone wants to be a DH or everyone wants to be a pitcher. But Albert Pujols is one of those people that made first base popular. Um, and 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 while of course a lot of people will you know purists be like, whoa, whoa, he's not better than. He's not better than Lou Garrett or Stan uh, Mitchell or, you know, he's not better than David Ortiz. I'm not saying he's the best. But what I'm saying is he will go down as one of the best first basemen that has ever played. And he's actually – now, I know that baseball ha is more is one of the more ethnic, um, ethnic sports as far as, you know, Hispanic. But he's one of the – you know, him, Miguel Cabrera, uh, a lot of other baseball players that – that are Hispanic. He's one of the, the, the people that David Ortiz, he's one of the people that, um, that will go down as, I guess one of the more important, uh, 
players as for the for the Hispanic culture. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of like basketball, man. It's like we know how important Dirk Nowinski was to you know overseas players, or Manu Ginobili was for overseas players. Uh, we know how important Allen Iverson was to cultural players. So I think Albert Pujols will go will be in that same vein as far as his impact, not only to baseball in general, but baseball for Hispanics. So shouts out to Albert Pujols. If I know a lot of people are kind of uh, campaigning for him to go back and finish his career in St. Louis, where he pretty much made a name for himself and, 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 and was a staple in baseball there. But congratulations to Albert Pujols, and I wish nothing for the best if he does not play again. If he does play again, I wish nothing for the best. Um, Albert Pujols, like I said, will go down as one of, if not the best, uh, and most and one of the most important first basemen that the MLB has ever seen. So, And there you have it. That has been this today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Short and sweet today. Short and sweet. Um, again, man, Starbucks, man, holla at me, holla at me, but I appreciate you guys. If you do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Again, I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers by my birthday, which is July. It would definitely mean a lot. I appreciate all the people that have subscribed. If you want an unpopular, t- uh, popular podcast, t-shirt, hoodie, joggers, a sweatshirt, the link is in the description below. Uh, I got multicolors for all of all the stuff on there. You know, hey, hey, go get you one. Go get you one. Uh, but again, I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And until next time, much love. They're hard like Rottweiler. Can you add it? Can you add it? Woo, 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 woo. The whole industry been in shambles. Everybody's fugazi. I'm just changing the channel. Kendrick Lamar, the people's champion, a man of for analysts. Career damaging verses, meditating when candles lit. I like my raps extra prolific. Some freestyling, no lunch tables and park benches. And I won't mention my 10,000 hours in training while juggling game banking. My balancing was tremendous. And now we look at the competition as quick submissions. They tapping out before we even get a chance to miss them. What this about? Is it money or skill? Maybe it's both and I got large amounts of it. It's real. You see, my oath is very unbreakable. My style is never mistakable. I can see y'all incapable to be the god MCs, you know me well. Ridiculous, venomous, hating my heart, the sinister. Run for cover, my lineage prove itself. I'm rolling deep in their paper like two Adels. But four scholars, I float tired than virgin lips. We here to shake the game up, and you're flying through turbulence. Everything is high stake nowadays. That's how I play nowadays. It's like an eight ball to the face nowadays. I'm laced nowadays. My gun is off the waist nowadays. It's seven figures and retainer for the case nowadays. I'm talking higher power every other hour since Eddie Bowers and stash boxes and lead showers. Breaking the padlock and the dead coward. Dying a thousand deaths and tired lions surrounding self with bears watching. Nigga, you share profit. Ah! This is what they want, I'm the one, this is vintage from 1980-some, I'm the son of the pioneer that got you near the sun, play with him, bitch you better off voting for Donald Trump, I'm yelling Mr. Kanye West for president, he probably let me get some head inside the residence, I'm in the White House going all out, bumping college dropout, God bless Americans, nothing more influential than rap music, I merge jazz fusion with the trap music, 
I mix black soul with some rock and roll. They never box me in, I'm David Blamer, now you hoes. Oh yeah, let's go there. My DNA is DMT, I'm so real. My juvenile was wilder than the no yeah. A locomotive, couldn't track me down in my co rap Running this shit with four pimps. Son of a bitch, I might demolish your bitch right in front ya. Yeah. Chico, what have you done here? Debo, all of it one year. Mississippi to California, it gets annoying. Yeah. Niggas wanna deploy him and bitches wanna adore him. But industry shit ain't for him, probably thinking it's for him. Only one me, swallow the key and kicking the door in. Never leasing my foreign, Mr. Valley Victorian. Studied the game before them, listen till you abort them. Baby rappers support them, to the grave I deport them. Corporations extort them, I'm snapping off my endorphins. An alien mighty morphin, my radius rather gorgeous. Hundred bill to the domain, hundred million my fortune. They call me back in the morning, you're racing against the tortoise. Pace myself is important, lace myself with the wisdom. My player is a enormous, so pay them in for performance. Saucy hollow my garments, Jimmy Kendrick's performing this fucking studio haunted. I tell a bitch, don't sweat me. I kill it so fucking beat if cold, let me. Eve should have never sent the instrumental. Every time I start writing, I get sentimental. This shit is just not fair. But why the fuck should I care? The story of your life here. Two young stars was born and y'all go die here. Oh, Lord, gotta be the yam. Billboard, let's need Tupac down. But number nine, make sure he lives on, yeah. Uchi, Gucci, pussies in the trance. Celebration, but even the valley peak to me is not validation. Nigga, this TDE and my doggies be salivating. Salaries, better ratings, and casualties all around me. Don't make me do demonstrations. Whoa! Murder my allegations and burning my finger traces and turning my power pages and earning royalty payments. I'm sorry you're not relating. This party is reservated. I kill it so motherfucking beat if J. Cole say it. My nigga each at the instrumental. I gotta slay it. I gotta lay it. Gotta show your fuckers. I'm not to play with the records. It's been my favorite. King Kunta, the fucking greatest. Whoa! Burning my lever. Now I'm just fucking with y'all.